BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We'd all love to hit skip on our problems now and again, but using wheat to deal with stress as a teen won't make your issues go away. That's because THC messes with parts of the brain responsible for fear and anxiety, making it even harder to manage them on your own. So even the smaller things can start to feel difficult to handle. Learn better ways to deal with stress at mindovermarijuana.com. That's mindovermarijuana.com. Sponsored by the California Department of Public Health. Start the timer. Today we're taking 20 minutes to finish up uh, introducing our top movies of 2022 so far. Uh, previous episode we did our 10 through 6 and ran out of time, so now we're going to do 5 to 1. And who are we again? I'm Chris Lambert. And my name's Travis Bain. And yeah, so I guess I'll launch in since I was. Uh, this was the order we were going in before. My number 5, God... I just like it's fun like doing this list. I I'm immediately just like nobody can trust anything I ever say, um, <laughs> but it is what it is. My number five is Dog, the Channing Tatum and starred starring in movie. <laughs> um, I think this movie is. I don't incredible. Such as who uses that word, but like it kind of is an incredible movie. Like I I was really blown away by it. Like my my wife and I we we watched it because we kind of expected to watch it, like have a good time. Like we're big fans of like magic Mike and like, you know, step up, like all these like goofy movies that Channing Tatum does. Um, but also like genuinely into him. Like we enjoy him in like 21 jump street and stuff like that. I even like yeah. liked him in the lost city, even though that movie was garbage. Um, but man, I, I gotta say like, it's really, really well directed like a lot of great shots, a lot of shots that like emphasize like the character's plight and what they're going through. It brings emotion to what's happening. And just like, it's just such a simple storyline in a way that I really appreciate. Like it's, it's just about a guy who's traveling across country with a dog to bring the dog to a funeral. But like so much happens with such little meat, you know, it's, it's just incredible. I've never seen a movie well, not never seen a movie like it, but like lately, like I never see movies like this. And I, I think I just really latched onto that it. it was so different and so humble, yet very powerful and well acted. Like I think Channing Tatum's just getting better and better. And the fact that like he directed it well, like I think all around I was just kind of blown away by it in a way that it became one of my more memorable experiences of the year. So it's my number five. I didn't realize he directed it. Oh, yeah. He co-directed it co-direct i don't know what that means anymore like two (laughs) people direct a movie like what what is that yeah he's just like finishes a scene is like did you get the shot they're like yes (laughs) all right great uh i I want directing credit on this by the way because i asked you if you got the shot 
Yeah. Do I do I get that? No, I I I think Channing Tatum. I don't know. I believe he can. I believe he can do anything. So he can direct a movie. <laughs> He's got the magic. He's got the touch. <laughs> He's got the magic mic. Uh, uh, okay. So my number. I still haven't seen Dog. Um, maybe at some <laughs> you, point. You and the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though I will say, I saw the the trailer for Magic Mike Three Fuck. Last Dance. Oh my god! And it seems I'm I'm interested in it, so but I haven't seen the first two Magic Mikes. Oh, god. Magic Mike. I mean. Sometime we'll do an all-time favorite movies episode, but Magic Mike XXL, legitimately one of my all-time favorite movies. And this is what we're talking about, uh, how this is a good way of getting to know us. <laughs> like, you are either really into that statement or you are really opposed <laughs> or to Or you're, you're hitting stop right now. Yeah. Uh, my number five for 2022 is Fire of Love, which was number one oh, yeah. for a little I bit. I want to see this. Yeah, it's cool. It's... um. A documentary these volcanologists are like two of the most famous volcanologists in the entire world where he was a videographer and she was a photographer or god it's been a few months now but they had like a really good dynamic in terms of their expertise in volcanology and most of like they would put together these very educational like videos and sell their materials and how the movie's structured, starting with like being a biography of them and their like relationship and career and relationship to volcanoes in this very positive, kind of heartwarming way. Mm. And then there's a turn and pivot in their lives where they go from studying the red volcanoes, as they call them, to the gray volcanoes. And it's after Mount St. Helens and realizing that like, while the red volcanoes with all the lava are really cool and spectacular and people like them, they're usually not very deadly. And so pretty safe just to hang out around, even if you're like next to the lava, but the gray volcanoes, those are just like deadly, deadly, like killer volcanoes. And you, the way that the film kind of pivots with the introduction of the gray volcanoes and them heading down that path in their careers was just really emotional and intimidating it's some of the best footage i've ever seen yeah, awesome. in a movie and, and i'm somebody that really likes scope and scale like if a movie's like really portraying like big ideas and big concepts and big visuals i'm really into that so fire of love being kind of the ultimate volcano movie uh was something really like special the ultimate volcano movie that's that's how you sell it right there yeah right <laughs> i love it i i really like like planet earth and stuff like that too so i bet i'd be into this i think so uh number four for me is the ty west directed horror classic x uh i think this movie is awesome i think ty west is awesome i've always loved him i think house of the devil is one of the best horror movies ever made and Ooh. horror movie horror is like maybe my favorite genre it's up there uh, so that's like, that's a big statement for me that you should really take that to heart. Like, I don't just throw out that opinion to any movie. Um, <laughs> and I, I love the innkeepers. Um, he had a couple misfires, but he came back real strong of X. I think it's just, I love the way it's like compassionate with its characters. Um, I like, it's a very like kind of loving movie in a way uh, yeah. while being very 
horrific. <laughs> it, it's just yeah. like a really cool balance and energy that I don't think you really get from a lot of horror movies these days. Um, and I think one of the things I love most about it too is just that it's it's so uh, I don't know what the right word is, but it reminds me of like um, kind of low budgety '80s horror movies that like yeah. really indulged and had like drugs and sex and like horrific deaths. Like it it felt a little bit like there's like a worksman attitude to it in that way, and it. It didn't shy away from all the stuff that I think like studios won't do anymore. Like you can't have like sex in a movie. Like you can't have people like doing drugs. But like it just really goes for it and makes that part of the aesthetic in a way that like it's just so cool and unique and well done and all the acting's so good that all around it's just like one of the funnest experiences I had at a movie this year. I'll uh, talk about it a little bit more in uh, a couple Ooh, movies. Higher than me. Wow, I like that. Yeah, I did not expect that. Yeah. Um, 12 minutes, by the way. <laughs> um, for Number four for me is one that you talked about in the previous episode, RRR, ah. um, which you know I just talked about scope and scale and how much that appeals to me. And RRR is like this epic with these huge ideas and these huge character moments uh the introduction is it raj um his first character introduction where you have the the people storming uh the police station Mm. and all the crazy all the police are yeah scared and he the main one says arrest this guy that's like part of the mob and he just goes into the crowd fights them all (laughs) arrests the guy and brings him back and it's such a moment of like portraying the character as an unstoppable force that I just loved the sense that it brought and the the theatrics that it brought to everything yeah. while still doing it in a very like thoughtful and high quality. Um, it, it wasn't like a perfect movie. Uh, maybe mm. like I thought it was maybe a more perfect for the first like three fourths than the last fourth. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, but it's still an, a consistency of ideas like one character was associated with fire, one was associated with water, and they kept finding ways throughout the movie to make sure that the character associated with fire like had fire in some way be part of their action sequences or right. um, the shots around them. And it was just that attention to, de- to detail was something that I appreciated a lot. So I had a lot of fun with RRR. You describing that opening fighting scene, it, it just reminds me of like Neo fighting off all the Agent Smiths, but it's like yeah. bigger than that even. <laughs> yeah, it makes that feel like kind of childish. Yeah, right. <laughs> really uh, cool. well, let's not talk about the Matrix. It'll remind me of the new one. Um, oh, yeah. My number three is a movie no one has ever heard of and wants, or wants to hear me talk about. It's called Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. Um, oh, yeah. The director... Blinking on his name, but he uh, directed Drive My Car. Um, it's a really. It was maybe the most emotional I got with the movie this year. Like the 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 reaction I had to it like stood out to me so much that I like. I knew it just beca- it became one of those movies that like oh I'm gonna remember this and like want to revisit it. It's gonna become like one of my movies. Um, and it's basically this movie where it's three short stories and each story is about somebody's 
love, like a love that they've lost, a love that they're trying to understand. Um, and they're all like pivotal turning points in their lives. And each story is just done so delicately and empathetically and lovingly like the energy of the movie it's just so i i've watched the first like hour of drive my car and i can kind of see the similarities but i feel like drive my car i'm not going to ever love it as much as a movie like wheel of fortune and fantasy because like drive my car so long it maybe feels a little indulgent where like i kind of appreciate the shortness of each of the stories in wheel of fortune fantasy like they kind of leave me wanting more in a way that i think works like i like I'm, I've gotten to know everything I need to know about these characters, and like, and I've just steeped in that just enough that like, I got their full story. Yet I know like there's more. Like there's something so beautiful about that aspect of it that, like, every story at the end just left me going like, oh god. And then like there'd be another one starting, and I have to like completely like reorient myself and get myself emotionally ready to handle it. I don't know. It was just such a such an awesome experience. It sounds lovely. Yeah. I mean, that's a movie I remember you first talking about. It. It's one that I need to find a way to watch or <laughs> I make room to watch. God, how did I watch it? It Was it on? It wasn't movie. It was maybe it was on Criterion. It was on one of the like artsy channels, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, sound, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, well, for my number three, I have <laughs> you talk about like that movie wheel of fortune fantasy if that was what it was called being the one that made you feel like have the biggest reaction um i feel like the movie i'm about to say also made you have a big reaction but in the opposite way and that's barbarian (laughs) Um, i knew we'd have to talk about it yeah i i saw the trailer for barbarian and i thought i was going to not like the movie it wasn't going to be up my alley at all i thought they'd given away everything in the trailer but I saw a movie and Barbarian was starting like 10 minutes later. And I asked my friend, like, do you just want to stay and watch Barbarian too? <laughs> Is that and how you we said it? did. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, verbatim that <laughs> voice. That's how I talked to my friends right. and we stayed and I was so blown away. Like Barbarian's the kind of movie that's much more like suited to me than I think is to you. Mm. I don't, did you ever watch Tusk? I have it, but I always wanted to. Like Tuscan Barbarian are very similar to me, which maybe doesn't bode well for you and Tusk. <laughs> yeah, but I'll probably still watch like, it. I thought Tusk was like really surprising and the kind of surprise that I want from a movie. Like it really mm-hmm. went there. I didn't expect it to go there from where it started. And Barbarian's another one where I was just so happy with a number of the choices that it made in terms of pivots and the change in direction and bringing in other perspectives and characters and how it did that. Uh, it's one of the most, it's some of the most like surprising, like surprises that I've experienced or mm. one of the most surprising movie experiences I've had in a long time Yeah, to where like, I really had a lot of fun in the theater and like with an audience that I could tell was sure. equally like, surprised and entertained but also kind of on the edge of their seat that probably would have i I say this but then i'm immediately like rethinking it it might have helped me to see it in that kind of environment or i might have been pissed that everyone was liking something i was hating so who knows what would have (laughs) happened i've i've been there too uh (laughs) five minutes and 24 seconds all right well i'll talk more about barbarian in the next episode Um, my number two is genius chris already talked about it 
um, been a Kanye fan my entire life. Like I've always loved his music and I, I, this year should be, it should be a surprise to nobody. It was the most trying year for me as a Kanye fan. And I felt like this movie was kind of prescient in depicting how difficult the year was going to be because I've always been a firm believer in separating the art from the artist. Um, and I still feel that way. Um, but I think genius kind of showed that like, there's one level of Kanye. I just can't deny this. There's one level of Kanye that is like the genius, the musical genius that like I latch onto as a, as a person, as a fan of narrative, as somebody who likes talking about narrative and, and scope and story, like, He's the best. Like he just is simply the best. And he's like changing music. He's always pushing music forward. Like it's incredible. But on top of that, the movie just becomes this incredible evaluation of like what happens to somebody who gets lost in fame, um, who I don't want to say necessarily like loses sight of what they plan to do, but like just gets wrapped up in this world where people expect more and more and more from you. And you keep giving them more and more and more. And you kind of, lose yourself in a way like lose yourself in a natural way i feel like like this kind of thing would just happen to anybody um and i i feel like it kind of foreshadowed like just cootie and chike's like relationship with him like you can tell they grow a little more distant and just their relationship isn't the same and like i feel like that's what happened to me like i still love connie's music like i think he's done a lot of great stuff but like i just reached the point in my life where like it didn't hit the same anymore and it wasn't anything like it was just the natural flow of things like he was going in this direction and it stopped being something i was attached to um and i felt all of this while watching the movie and i feel it even more profoundly now so like looking back in this movie it's just like it was a special experience in that way that like i kind of saw myself in the movie in a way it makes sense to me that makes sense to me. It's just an um, incredible too, like how deep it goes and the kind of footage they have. Like it's honestly like a landmark film in that way. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> it does have that quality about it and that like that's that scale yeah. to it. Um my number two is X, which we're down to Hell two yeah. minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> we so <got> it. <laughs> Uh, X, I think the thing that surprised me the most in the movie was that it was kind of a meditation on aging and passion. And you have the contrast between the the Pearl character in the house and the the younger people that come to the farm and what the youthful people trigger in her and awaken in her. And it's like the violence that's in the film, it takes on much larger symbolic meaning for somebody that's trying to reignite something that they feel that they've lost. So there was something like incredibly beautiful and moving to me uh, in X, which I did not expect for just kind of like a traditional slasher film. I feel like it transcended the genre and became something much more poetic and lovely. Oh yeah. Really, really cool. Like the part where she's like dancing in the car lights. Like yeah. really, really cool poetic shots like that. Yeah. Love it. Uh, that's what I love about Ty West. Ty West, he's like a total like film student kind of director. Like he's super artsy and doesn't care if you know people notice that. <laughs> um, number one for me, it's another movie I feel like nobody's probably seen. <laughs> it's a Gaspar Noe movie, uh, Vortex. 
uh, it is the most atypical. Well, it's atypical in the sense that it's not like crazy and large and chaotic, like Enter the Void or Climax are. It's just a very small movie about two older people. Like one is struck with amnesia and forgetting things. And the other one is like declining in health. And you're kind of just watching them slowly die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so it's dark in that way for a Gaspinoa movie. Like it fits in that way. Uh, but just the way it depicts the decline of the mind um, and how like the 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 wife is losing her mind and forgetting things and the husband is a uh, somebody who's writing a book about dreams and trying to like make sense of losing your mind and like it's clear like his journey he's trying to make sense of this thing that's happening to his wife that doesn't really make any sense. I like guess just the natural state of humanity. Um, and just seeing them like both seeing him reckon with it while she doesn't reckon with anything because like she doesn't know what's going on. It's just so well done and so well acted and so incredibly shot that I've never seen a movie like this. Um, I love Gaspar Noe. Enter the Void is one of my, maybe it could be my favorite movie ever. It's like top three for me. So like it, I knew I would love it going in and it, it, what beyond my expectations even i haven't seen any of his movies yet Ooh, so that's Chris. something i wanted to see enter the void when it came out i was working at a family video <laughs> in ohio and i remember like shelving it a lot and being like this seems like a movie that would be up my alley but i just never oh, got around the best. to it incredibly sad mm. one of these days <laughs> if you ever feel um, like having a good cry I I pretty much like tear up at something every single day, so it's not typically an issue for me. Um, so my number one is Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Um, which I do like. Maybe expect this to change. Maybe like a Tar, a Banshees, After Sun might take over, but Triangle of Sadness is really like my kind of movie. Like I like uh sections i like chapters and kind of like changes in location and uh just kind of the the sense of where a movie is at the fact that this goes from like the first chapter that's just carl and yaya seeing their relationship to suddenly we're on this cruise and the madness that unfolds over the course of the cruise to then being marooned on an island and seeing how that unfolds while the whole movie is making statements on like economic structures mm. and the way in which economic structures changes the role that people have in a society and their relationship to one another in a society is so fascinating because you could watch the movie and just be like all right it's like models dating people on a ship like okay but when you realize that it's all symbolic for like countries and their economic systems or these smaller microcosms mm. that we could be in involving money and resources or what happens when money is taken out of the equation altogether who's the most powerful person and the leader when it's not about money but about survival so there's huge ideas that are put into this very like satirical and beautiful and uh, jarring movie. Yeah. Uh, it just had me enamored the whole time. 
As you're describing it, it sounds like killing me softly. Does it remind you of that? Uh, it's it's a lot more bombastic than killing them softly. Um, Just like, like the killing them softly and stuff. Yeah, the symbolism and stuff. Because Killing Him Softly is about the financial crisis. Mm. And all the characters in that movie are like embodying some aspect of the 2008's financial crisis. And that is missed often yeah. when looking at that movie. So there is something similar to it in that way. I think Triangle of Sadness is probably more <laughs> fun. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. I, I can't tell... Uh, if it would be up your alley or not. Yeah, watch it. Um, yeah. So do we get, what happens when we go over time? Do we get a spanking? <laughs> you know, we'll f- we'll figure it out. We'll come up with something interesting when we go over time. Yeah, well, I don't even know, like, all right, well, yeah, you're right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. For now that we just went well, over time, that's all there is to it. Yeah. You know, you all either suffer for it or benefit from it. We're naughty, naughty boys. That's one way to put it. That's one way to put it. That's a great way to end the episode, too. Maybe that should be the catchphrase. <laughs> Let's workshop it just a little, just a little more. All right, all right. We'll figure it out. <laughs>